You're listening to the Known Legacy Podcast, brought to you by Known Legacy Ministries. For more information, go to knownlegacy.org. Now here's your hosts, Bill and Travis. Did you write that music, Bill? I didn't, but actually uh, a friend of mine, Matt, wrote it, and he was like, hey, would you? can I use this? He's like, yeah, you can use it, and he's never used it for anything else, and I'm like, all right, it's now officially ours. <laughs> I, I stole it from you. Sorry, Matt. I love you, but it's well, mine now. I kind of hope he puts it into something. And so uh, a handful of guys in the, around the nation and the world will listen to that and go, oh, that's no legacy lead-in. It's a no legacy fantastic. lead-in. So, anyways, uh, thank you guys for checking us out on Facebook, uh, YouTube, or wherever you're listening to this uh, via podcast. This is Known Legacy. Uh, Bill and Travis, we've been doing this for four years now. Yeah, it has and, been a uh, while. This year we're really diving into conversations with guys that – we have met throughout the years, um, and uh, they have a unique story about being a follower of Jesus in a very complex world, raising kids and being married and all of that good stuff. So uh, if you have any questions or comments, always check us out at info at knownlegacy.org. You can go to the website. Uh, we have some fun date nights coming up in 2022. We do. We do. Keep your and eye we, out for them. We have a few slots still open, so if you and your church are interested in igniting the marriages of your people... We would love to partner with you. Bring, come in for one night of fun, games, laughter, and a little bit of just be reminded why you married this person in the first place, right? Yeah, we love it. We love right. it. So we got so. a few spots still available if you're interested in that. So, uh, Bill, why don't you introduce us to our guest today? So, the, so we have a special guest on today. I love his story. I love his heart for ministry, the way that Jesus has changed his life completely. But I think most of all, I love his accent. And so uh, I'm just. He doesn't no, have a great accent. He has an amazing accent. I wish I wish I had a better <laughs> accent than I do. But I would stop right now. I'm going to stop. <laughs> I'm just stop right now. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, please give it up for skater. I would say I would say skater pastor evangelist Brian Sumner. Give it up for him. Woo! We're so glad to have you on today. Guys, how you doing? How's it going? Doing man? great, Brian. We are so glad to have Good. you on today, brother. Hey, listen, take a minute and share a little bit about your story so people know who you are. That you yep. aren't just cool because you speak with an awesome English accent, but you are, yeah. you are who you are, and share your journey yeah. a little bit. Yeah, well, I do have an accent to you guys, but as you've had me say many times, even when I'm preaching, I'm actually speaking English. You guys are trying to speak English. Wow. But you're the ones with the That's accent. That's true. You know, the truth will set you free. <laughs> and, but obviously, you know. He's going to fit in really well with us. <laughs> yes. The, the, well, the shade he's throwing right now is going to fit in just great. <laughs> Well, you know what's happened is the last 20 years, English television has kind of taken over America. Oh, yeah. So Americans have the driest humor now, like all Brits do. So now when I'm, <laughs> whether I'm preaching on a podcast, you guys get it. You know what I mean? Thank you. That was kind of the joke when I was a kid was Americans are slower. But um, I'm from Liverpool, <laughs> England originally, but I'm sitting in Huntington Beach, California. Today it is raining like crazy. Oh. And for most people... You know, who know my story, I came to America to be a professional skater, rode for Tony Hawk, it blew up, made great money, had no faith, no clue about God, and married, had a son, had no idea of the Bible. You know, I, I say this so often that it's still unbelievable. I didn't meet one believer growing up my whole life. Wow. A couple of Jehovah Witnesses, a couple of Mormons, a lot of Muslim friends, amazing, you know, a lot of atheists in Liverpool, because it's very eclectic. Yeah, and you can jump into that in a bit, even how the Beatles had that massive influence, you know, way back then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so when I finally got to America, married, kid, life's going amazing, money coming in, touring the world. And then suddenly within two years, you know, you're fighting like crazy. This is the wrong person. 
Now mm. you're divorced. Now you're overliving. I mean, you know, mm. I don't know why, because life had worked out so good that now I'm suddenly divorced. I'm hating life. And I, for whatever reason, um, and I say this, you just don't think about God growing up. I said, I don't know one person that went to church. There was things like wow. youth groups, which was like the local Sunday school hangout with like some cookies. And, and you know, it, was, it wasn't like youth church at all. Yeah. So when I finally got to that stage at 21, 22, I said, you know what, God? And that's all I could think of. Whoever you are, I'm going to prove you're not real. Because if I can prove that there's no gods, then nothing matters. So whoever's yeah. listening, if you can know there's no creator, that you don't really matter, that you don't really have substance, you're just, you know, evolved mush. Really, we're just roadkill. If God's not real and I'm, I don't matter, I can just take my life and then who cares? And that was where I was in about wow. 2002, 2003. I tried to the Bible, all the different faiths. Took me months and months and months. And my community service at a Christian strip store. I was reading all you know the, the books on the Bible, reading the Hebrew, reading the Greek. I was getting all the DVDs from History Channel and. I was just harassing people. I didn't want God to be real. And in that whole season, like most people who don't actually read the Bible, they just have a problem with God. I actually read the Bible and I was blown away that right there in Genesis 1, it says, let us make man in our image, which posed the yeah. question to me, yeah. well, if I'm made in your image, why does life suck? I was looking at it from the world view of, you know, God made this <laughs> yeah. world. Why does my, and let's be realistic. Yeah. Yeah. If there is a God and we're all atheists, why is the cancer? Why is the suffering? Why is there COVID or a vax or president doing this yeah, yeah, on yeah. the economy? That was my logic. And right away, God tells us, I put Adam and Eve in the garden. And I told them, in the day you eat of this fruit, in the day you make your own choices, in the day you don't listen to me, you will surely die. They chose to do that. They died spiritually. Wow. They died physically. And so there's me reading the whole of the Old Testament, still trying to disprove God. In a nutshell, he was unpacking his plan, you know, um, and this is funny. I mean, I'm probably 225 right now, but I used to be, you know, 160. I was something that you don't have in most of America. I was a vegan. Means you, know, you don't eat meat. <laughs> wow. Think about that, you know. So well, thanks for being on No Legacy. It's been <laughs> great to talk to you. And uh, what a great story. A vegan knows Jesus. All right. Miracles <laughs> happen. God bless well, you. Think about this. Picture being a vegan and reading the Old Testament. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. You, you get what I'm saying. Yeah, so, all of the 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 yeah. Hebra you know, all the laws and the food and everything else. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. every year, because us three, you know, all four of us are all, are, are um, sinning. The priest takes this innocent. It's funny. I actually have one of my kids. Like I don't even know why this is here on the table. But so every year That's we're gonna go sacrifice this lamb. I mean, I'm reading this book like, oh, this is barbaric. This is right. ancient. This is historic. But then I see, okay, and then they put this scapegoat outside the city. And I love this part of the Bible. Then, you know, when the death angel comes down, they put blood over the door. I mean, this is something yeah. right out of an Indiana Jones film. I mean, this to me yeah. is not making sense. Yeah. But then you get to the New Testament. You're still divorced. You're still angry. You're still depressed, suicidal. You're still making, you know, $10,000, $30,000 a month. I mean, skating was huge. You know, I was on top of my game at the time. Yeah. But I don't know Jesus but now you get to the New Testament and John the Baptist says, behold, Brian or whoever's listening, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. I knew about the sacrifices. Mm. I knew what the priest did. Wait, you're saying, John, that your cousin Jesus is the once and for all sacrifice? Wait a minute. Are you saying that he died on Golgotha, on that, that, that rock outside the city, like the scapegoat was sent? Are you yeah. saying that? His, so, you know, so, so 
And when I'm sharing on this, especially at skate parks and you unpack this, it sounds crazy to kids. But I'm yeah. saying, guys, you might be raised in the church, hate the preacher, have a problem with the Bible. But you realize that I was trying to disprove this. And I see these writings recorded for thousands of years that all came true. To, you know, obviously the ones of Christ's first arrival came through 2,000 years ago. He's the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. He's the goat put outside the city. He's the one whose blood is shed abroad for all of our sins. So now, I was reading about God. It was starting to make sense. Okay, maybe this Jewish carpenter walked the earth. Life's still good on the outside as far as money and travel and skating. But inside, I'm dead, struggling, gaining the whole world, losing my soul, living the American dream. And so buying this house, what, 21 years ago? I said to my ex-wife, you know what, let's just try and be around each other for the sake of my son. So at least, you know, when he's five, six, seven, he'll know I love them. And if I want to take my life then, then I mean, that's, mm, that's, listen, guys, dang, you're talking about legacy yeah. and, and being a man. 80% of men struggle with suicidal thoughts. If you yeah. look at the statistics yeah. in Australia, the amount of men that have taken their lives in the last three years is barbaric. Because wow. you get married... She gets the money, she runs off with the guy, you kick to the side, she gets the kids. I mean, as, as a man with legacy, what are we living for? Everything, yeah. you know, you're basically castrated, you're a eunuch, you have no life. I was in a place where I was trying to disprove the Bible for my reasons, but God was coming to me with his reasons, which was, yeah, Brian, yeah, yeah. you're dead in sin. You read yeah. this in Genesis, that's why there's cancer, that's why there's molestation, that's why there's pain, there's hurt, there's suffering. So I know all this, but I still don't know God. And so after getting this house, having the community service, I'd heard a pastor preaching on Matthew 7, on Galatians 5, and it was the first time I'd really got, wait a minute, my sin is the problem. I knew this, but it wasn't like spiritually awakened in me. Right. So as I came home that night, got in a huge fight with my ex-wife, she came and laid down literally in this room where I am with my son who was four, four, no, three or four at the time. I go in the other room and I just get down on my knees and I say, God... I'm over this. I, I believe, you know, I believe your word. I believe it's true. And it was like God was saying to me, Brian, you need repent. It was like the Holy Spirit was just letting me know I've never repented. My faith's never been put in him. And I remember just sitting there saying, God, I laid out my life. I'll give you my skating. I'll get baptized. I will remarry this woman. And when I'm sharing this at a skate park and there's like 500 kids, you think you're crazy. When you get down on your knees in the middle of a, you know, a fun box or a ramp, this is the craziest part of my testimony. Just like John 3, when Jesus and Nicodemus spoke, and yes. Nicodemus wanted to know, and Jesus said, Nicodemus, you cannot see the kingdom unless you're born again. I wasn't born again yet. I was spiritually dead. And in that moment, that night, confessing to the Lord, putting my faith in him, I know it's all the work of God, of God but that night he showed up. I felt his presence literally mm. open my eyes, open my ears, came to faith. I'm laughing and crying. This is real. I'm laughing and crying, saying, I can't believe this is real. And for the next 40 minutes, laying on the bed in that other room, laughing and crying, saying, how didn't I know this? Where are the Christians? <laughs> Come back in the room, lay down next to my ex-wife, and she sits up like a zombie um, and gives me this whole speech about pretty much everything I just prayed. And she's yeah. never been inside you know, a Christian church. She was raised Catholic. She's Mexican, Italian, native. And so the next day I get up and say, babe, if you want the house, if you want whatever, you can do whatever. And she was almost like, wow, you're crazy. You're not baptized. Uh, you're not a Catholic. Like, who knows where you're going? Right. So yeah. For three, for three weeks, I just pursued God. 
she came to faith in three weeks at the church I was going to. Oh, cool. We remarried in three months, and <laughs> my son is now 21. I just did their marriage eight months ago. Yeah! Oh, congratulations. <laughs> That's cool. My daughter is 14. She's in the other room doing some school. And my son, Jude Michael, who might even run in and out of here when we're doing this, That's all he's right. 11. So to me, you know, when you go speak at a school or a college or a university and you're sharing this, and then you have like one of your kids or maybe the day with me that day and they come out behind the curtain and hang out. It freaks people out because I'm like, guys, this was really factually, scientifically. This happened. You know, our faith is subjective, but Jesus saved me. He restored my marriage. Yeah. We're still in the same house. It's been what? Since 2004. We're baptized. I'm a pastor. I do ministry. And so since then, I've just been like, God whatever you want to do and, and that's been so praise jesus you know he made himself known redeemed mm. my life but even if he didn't restore my marriage he saved my soul so praise god anyway you know he did yeah everything. yeah 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 amen what i <laughs> what i love about that is it, it's a simple equation that we tend to over complicate in the church and yeah. it's this idea of like Man, repentance with reformation, and that's what the repentance brought to you, is this reformation of heart, this changing yeah. of heart, this changing of attitude, this changing of posture where you're like, all these things I've worked for that I've been holding on to for so long, sweetheart, if it yeah. if it makes things better, it's yours, yeah. you know? Yeah. And that's what brings <laughs> forth that revival, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know? I want to dive deeper into those three months. Yeah. Yeah. When you have yeah. this burgeoning faith, the Spirit's done amazing things. You have all of this, because a lot of guys that are listening to this, they're like, man, that's a great story, but yeah. The, yeah. the hurts are so deep, the scars are so real yeah. with my wife. I don't know if there's a way through. Yeah. And what took you three months, they may yeah. say, is impossible. So yeah. what was it in those three months? How did you and your wife navigate the hurts, the, the shame, yeah. the guilt, to have a restored yeah. relationship that I'm sure you're still working on to this yeah. day, right? Yeah. Well I, well, I always joke. I say, you know, once we came to faith, I mean, life was easy. You know, like yeah, the kids go to bed on time. They never talk back. You know, the bills stop showing up. Free, you know, next to our bed, it just grows money. I mean, I, and I'm the most spirit-led Christian. I mean, the Apostle Paul, John the Baptist, I'm like, no. You know, the whole joke is that having a godly marriage doesn't mean it's perfect. Yeah, but yeah. If you want perfection this side of eternity, it's going to become an idol. Even when God says, be holy as I am holy, or, you know, be perfect, yeah. perfect. It's the idea that you're just bent towards him. You're focused on him. So your point, which is amazing, because no one's really even asked me that. What was those three months like? Um, you know, we had a lot of pain and hurt. I mean, I've, I've called her names. If someone called my mom, I would have knocked them out. You know, right. I put holes in the wall. Yeah. I swore at people. I'd go into a fight with her dad. I mean, I'd left the house numerous times. And so what happened was, here's the big thing for all the men. Even sitting in the gym yesterday doing jujitsu, some of the men were asking questions about marriage. And they were saying, man, I could never do this. And I could never do that. And I'll never find a woman. You know, I mean, I'm going to lose my life for the sake of this marriage. And I said, you know, think about what you just said. You know, we come into marriage especially for a woman. I'm going to wear this dress. We're going to live in this house. We're going to have the white picket fence, have this kind of money, be this kind of physical. The guy brings his ideas in. We're yeah. leaning on our own understanding. Mm. We wrote a book. You know, we're, we're leaning on our own understanding. So, and I'm not saying you shouldn't have great date nights and shouldn't be thankful. I mean, I, I mean, like I said, yeah. came home, my wife's got my chai ready. She cleaned out this part of the room for me to be in. I mean, you want to be in unison. But my point is, we come into marriage with all these ideas, and we should, 
But then as things fall apart and we don't relate anymore, that's what a relationship is relating. We get bitter, we get wound up, we get distanced. But what is marriage? We were going to call the marriage book we did um, Death by Marriage. And people laugh. You know, it's funny, Death by Marriage. But what is Christianity? Less of me, more of Dying to yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Increase. So what you want to think of in your marriage, I told those guys, is look, you're now a blue belt in jiu-jitsu, a purple belt, a brown belt. What belt are you in marriage? You might spend three hours a week on the mats. How many hours do you spend focused on your marriage? What if God yeah. has said to you, Truth. like Christ died for his bride? You're here to help. Listen, and, and some of the things those guys were sharing, I mean, these women now, you know, how many sets of boobs are put in their wife's face? How many rear ends? How many women come onto them? How much, you know, porn have they watched? How much whatever? So now yeah. women have this even bigger sense of insecurity. Right. What if God has put you here to live on purpose for your bride, which he has, to yeah. die to self, not as an idol, but to love her. And I say that because your first question, how did we navigate? When I just had my eyes open to what God had done, the first six months of your faith, you're so radical. And it's almost sad, but Greg Laurie said it a few times. You generally share Jesus more in the first six months of your walk than you ever do the rest of your life. Absolutely. I was in that stage of just, wow, God, I don't care about a house. I don't care about whatever. And that's the point I was trying to make to those men or the men here. Yeah. At the start of our book, this is what we say. We sit with all these couples all the time, pastors, even, you know, pastors, kids. We think God missed it. We're going to get separated. And I always go back to the same verse. Who God brings together, let no man separate. Oh, we know mm. that. But what about this verse? Who God brings together, let no man separate. No, we know that. No, listen. Who God brings together, let no man separate. If you will stand on that and you will look at your wife, and you'll say, I'm willing to lose my life to lay it down for her. That is the biblical perspective of love. Agape love is sacrificial. It's, it's serving someone else. It's not yeah. contractual. It's covenant. Even in Song of Songs, and you know this, when that young woman is thinking, I want that man to kiss me on the lips, it keeps saying, do not arouse or awaken love. And we hear it over and over in Song of Songs. You probably heard it in church your whole life. That word for love is putting it on your wife every day. So what did God do to all of us today? He put his love on us, his grace, his mercy, forgiveness. What do I do with my wife? She does something I don't agree with, I take my love off her. We go through a hard season, I take my love off her. What if Christ did that to us? Would any of us go to heaven? No. So that agape love in the Greek, the ahava in the Hebrew, for the men listening, look at your woman and say, I need to choose to love her every day because if you are voiding that marriage, you're getting out the way of the miracle. Die to self, love like Christ loved the church. And listen, practically, when you fell in love, you told her she was hot, she was cute, you wanted to grab a hold of her rear end, you bored her things, you hung out. You know, I'll be real, I sit with men who don't want to be their wife. Were like, you at my dating relationship? <laughs> hey, but think about it, right? What were you doing? You were, yeah. what is a relationship? You're relating. Oh my gosh, this woman's so pretty. Oh, yeah. I'm dating this girl. Oh, I'm blah, blah. And now you start fighting because you got diapers, you got a boss, because you're oh, yeah. your teeth comes out, your hair comes out. You're relating in all the negative. No. Go back to where it began. Watch, yeah. watch Netflix together. Go on a hike together. Pursue her. I mean, men, let's talk about it. Let's start fighting for your marriage. And I tell a lot of yes. men. Are you ready for some of the guys to start grabbing a rear end, taking her to the baseball game, hanging out with your kids? And they're like, what? You're walking out of your marriage because you're dreaming of things that you used to dream of when you were a teenager. Right. Well, now you're 35, 45, and yeah, the grass yeah, yeah. is greener. And I'm like, guys, no. 
praise God, Jesus didn't do that to us. He still pursues us despite our worst days. So I love it. I love it. (laughs) You know, it's it's great because you made me think about something. So pursuing your kid, pursuing the heart of your wife again, what did that do for your kids? Like, like, like your son just got married. What's like, so four years old chaos. I know he saw and had even at that point, you know, I mean, they're like a sponge when they're, when they're a kid and they soaked up all that. How did that change dramatically your son now that he's married? Fast forwarding it. I mean, what, what, what did you see in that? What did you see in that? Well, man, listen, if you're like me, even what I just said, there was a lot I tried to drop in because it's almost like I know less is more, but I want to see what's stuck to the wall for some of the men. But I was sharing at our men's group about two days ago, and here's the thing you even talking about legacy. Your kids will see your consistency. When they yes. see that dad is on yeah. a podcast that's about Jesus, when they'll see that when I blow it, I go back to the word. When they'll see that someone wrongs me, I forgive them. That's Christianity. And, yep. you know, my, my dad, he believes, but he wasn't always a believer. But I seen the way he loved my mom. That's legacy. I seen the way he fought for his family. That's legacy. Me and my wife didn't want to separate. That was the crazy thing. It was just too hard for us. So now when my kids, if I drop dead today, you know, heaven forbid, but God's will, I want them to know my dad pursued the Lord. He went to church. He got in the word. He aimed to wash his wife in the word, which means I need to know it and believe it. He aimed to train his kids up in the way they should go. He was forgiving and gracious. And then when there was times as a temper or I did something wrong, I run to the Lord. And that's what I would say. That's what my legacy is to my kids. It's like the world's crazy. There's more divisiveness than ever, even within the church often. So that was the thing. But they know, you know, we had our 22nd anniversary the other day. We all went, we, me and my wife went out together and we do a lot of marriage stuff together. And that's the witness to the kids. At the end of the day, heaven forbid something happened to us, they would know we stuck in for 22 years. You know, not because yeah, we said, yeah. I do. But because we said we did, we're staying committed. So well, and it's because yeah. you got to the point where you said not just I do, but I die. I yeah, die yeah, to yeah. myself, Amen. and I want to see you become the best person that God created you to be. Yeah. So let me ask. So there's a guy. He's listening to this and is being convicted, being crushed, right? Yeah. And he's like, "Oh my gosh, you know, my legacy. If I if I had to be honest, my legacy for, with mm. my kids for however long yeah. is not what I wanted it or intended it or yeah. dreamed it to ever be." Where would you say, here's where you yeah, start? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Today, a new legacy can yeah. start. How well, would they start that saying, today? That, that famous saying, you know, you'll wish tomorrow you started today. Yes. Um, the yeah. danger for us perfectionists, because I was a professional athlete, or I do go to jujitsu, there's a way to do it, is we want to do all these things very specific, and that works for some people, but then your control gets in the way of what the Lord may be doing. Mm. And I would just say today, yeah. do the little things you can do, and, and this sounds a lot more Pentecostal, which is fine, you know, amen, the Holy Spirit. But, <laughs> but, but don't assign yourself to things that God isn't saying. So yeah. go and pursue your wife. Go and be loving to the kids. Open up the word. Just make the time. And when it's falling apart or someone's trying to bait you or the kids don't care or whatever, the Bible says to a man, live with your wives in an understanding way. So whatever state she's in, not if she does everything you say, not if she if she, if she submits because you say because that's subjection, but just do what you're doing to pursue God, and that will have an effect. I, I sat with a friend the other day, and he's separated now, you know. But I mean, for 12 years he raised his kids with a wife, ran off and did all kinds of craziness, and he faithfully just pursued God. And of the six or seven kids they have, all, more than half are in church. 
yeah. because of his wow. feet. That's because awesome. of his feet. Awesome. So guys, look long term. But I'm just saying, where is the Lord leading you today? Yeah. You know, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. it. And let go of the bitterness. You know, Hebrews twelve says, Lay aside the weight, let go of the bitterness, pursue here. But and here's the other thing. And this is hard. Do not beat yourself up. If I if I was flying out tomorrow to hang out with you guys and my kid came in and went crazy, did all this stuff, I'm picturing him here shouting at me. And then I went and told you know, I went and told him off and said, You're a brat, you're this, you're that. When I'm on the flight, I'm gonna be like, Why did I say that? Why did I yep. do this? And not that it's sin, but that kind of conviction and condemnation, it kind of gets in the way then of your authority in the home. I've realized that my twenty one year old, I told him years ago. Hey, what your uncle says to you, even what a pastor may say or your, or your friends may say or the coach, I'm going to say things very different because I have to train him to be a man. And that yeah. just means I'm like, hey, if you do this and this happens, it's on you. I'm not saying you got to have your swords and your knights and go and be, you know, we, we've done that to death in the church for 20, yeah. 30 years. But why not? That is our language. We want our marching orders. So just, just stand up. Don't spare the rod. Be loving. But start today. And ask the Lord, invade it all, God. When it's a mess, invade it. Because we act like he can't do that. So You know, I, and, I, and I love, I hear your heart is don't give up. Right. Like there isn't not a moment exactly. where you're like, it's not like, well, it's been two months. It's time to give up. Like nope. I'm hearing in your heart that's like you don't give up and you keep doing it. And you do it. You, you go down swinging to yeah. the last moment of your breath in your life. Because Christ never gave up on us. And how patient Correct. was he when those those years that you were making all the money and buying the house and getting everything that your flesh wanted, yeah. and he was just patiently waiting, saying, there's a day. And there's how a day when it, it today, yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and that patience, and, and that's, that could be the prayer that we have. You know, I, I think yeah, about Paul yeah. when he's writing to the other church, as much as it's mm. up to you, live at peace Amen. and grace with, with the people around you, right? Amen. And so it's that, man, God, I just need patience with yeah, my marriage. Yeah. I need patience with my wife. I, I don't know the depths of the hurt that maybe has been there. I don't understand oh, the depths yeah. of the scars that she was carrying even before she stood mm. up and said, yes, I do. I'm going yeah. to trust my future, my life, my kids to you and your well-being. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so yeah. just to be patient, I think, is such a huge thing that we as guys typically don't because we're fixers. We identify the problem. We come up with a yeah. solution, and we are convinced that our solution <laughs> is the best solution. And if you just did what I told you to do, it'd yeah. be great. Well, let and me God say says, something you're saying this, too, because this is huge. God showed me this, you know, not some special revelation, but, you know, it's already in the Word. Yeah, yeah. I was on the phone with a friend in this room, a pastor friend of mine who was in a band, you know, called the Glory, and he was just talking about his son and how God's been so gracious. And it was like what the Lord showed me was Brian, you know, and, and I'm just putting into my words. But here's the bait for Christians. You and me, all of us, are still trying to escape the curse, okay? Right. We're still trying to escape it. Now, are we free? Of course we are. John 10 10, the thief comes to yep, steal, kill, yep. destroy. But I've come to give you life and life abundantly. But the curse on the flesh, have you guys sweated working hard by the sweat of your brow since you were believers? Absolutely. Yes. Did yeah. your wives go through pain giving birth? Yes. Yes. So what the bait is in this world is save as much, make as much, lose as much weight, have as much to not have to work at all and be under the curse. And for Christians, we can do that. I could say if I could just have a book, if I could just have a ministry, if I could just be 50, 60, 70 and be retired life will be easy but god's word says you will work hard by the sweat of your brow brian where are yeah. you going elon musk bill gates the rockefellers the rothschilds who are never included in the wealthy category for some reason i don't know figure that out but my <laughs> idea is they're not stopping working and i'm saying this to men why 
because part of the curse to a woman is pain in childbirth, but it's that if you read it in the Hebrew, you would seek to have rule over your husband. So here's my point. Yeah. I can't wait till my wife wakes up one day and says, you know what, babe? You just came back from the men's ministry. Me and the kids are ready to go with our Bibles. Whatever you want to do with the house, we're just good to do that. She within here every day is still under that case where there's going to be resistance to me. And my right. kids are going to resist mm. us. And guess what? All of us on the podcast as men, we're going to resist God at times. But when you live in this idea that you don't escape the curse, meaning it rains on the just and the unjust, yep. you'll face trial and tribulations. What I'm saying, men, is you want it so perfect. No, love her where she is. Yes. Let the yeah. Holy Spirit invade. And you guys both yes, said this. Yes, you know, yes. Don't give up because Christ didn't. Don't grow weary while doing good. But my point is, when I look at my wife and say, hey, I mean, her mom just passed away two months. You know what I'm focused on right now? Making sure she feels good. Whatever you need to do yeah. around Christmas time. What if she right. has a crazy moment in a month where I don't know where this came from. I'm going to love her where she is. I yeah. realize my role. And then when I go through something, is she going to be a... You know, and you know the famous saying, we want God to let teach us to be patient without giving us things to be patient about. <laughs> yeah, right. It's like, you know, I, I, and guys, why wouldn't we be, whether you're 20 listening, 30, 40, 50, yeah. why wouldn't we be talking about this? Isn't yeah, this yeah, yeah. why we need this to grow the iron sharpen an iron? So, Brian, yeah. I, I, I love what you're saying. So it, good. It, it reminds me of what a friend told me a long time ago. He goes, don't buy into the lie that marriage is there to make you happy. Yeah. Marriage is a process of holiness. Yeah, and yeah. that shifted yeah. it for me because that's what you're talking about—that holiness of like serving, sacrificing, Which patience, giving. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. But if you, there's a lot of things that'll make you happy that have nothing to do with holiness. Yeah, but yeah. holiness will always bring that joy of the yeah, Lord yeah, yeah. in your heart. You know, Dude, Brian, you um, man, if you could just yeah. be a little bit more passionate about the things yeah. in your life, that'd be great. Try I mean, to work. If you on could that. bring some energy. <laughs> yeah. what, what church do you work at? Because if, if any of the guys out in California. Yeah. That, your story's been fantastic. I, yeah. I, in fact, I'm like, I need to make a road trip. I know. I think it's <laughs> yeah. road trip time. Should. Man. <laughs> and we got barbecue and stuff out here, too, as well. Uh, <laughs> well, time thank out. everyone for time joining out. us on Known Legacy again. It was good <laughs> seeing you. <laughs> I thought you knew. <laughs> no, we were in Texas. You this like that's you almost cursed. I know, I know. You almost cursed. <laughs> well, no. I was just there. That's all I had. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> Anyways, Brian, I cannot yeah. thank you enough for coming and being a part of this and sharing. Yeah. Your story so and, and, and we got to have you back. That we have so many too. guys. Yeah, absolutely need to have you back. Um, Kyle, real quick, um, our producer. What were your takeaways and and kind of what what did you hear that maybe you want to just say? Don't miss this, guys. Uh, I just think your energy is amazing. Your message is amazing. I, I, a very very strong message. I really enjoyed it. Awesome, yeah, that's awesome. good stuff. So before we go though, Brian, we have our yes. fast five for you. So yes. um, I know that. Even if we have a little bit, I think there's a little bit of a yeah. glitch in the in in the uh, interwebs, but that's okay. Brian, are you ready for our fast five questions? Zing. Zing. That's our. We need to find a new intro for that one, but <laughs> we're we're kind of self-proclaimed, uh, yeah. you know, background sound guys, sound guys. So, yeah, that's what we do. All right, so here we go, Brian. Fast yeah. five. If you had to live in a decade, which would you choose and why? The '80s, because I was born in '79, so I kind of got it. But that's my boy it, right there. But I could enjoy it. Collect a load of stuff and sell it, and um, you know, yeah. there's Timothy Six. Use it for the kingdom. I mean, the '80s That's was it. cool. It was the 80s an age were of cool. innocence, transitioning from the drug era to yeah, yeah. it was a little bit crazy, 
yeah. where we were celebrating life and there was a little bit of freedom that was getting out yeah. there. The retro age, yeah. Back to the future yeah. all the yep. way. I mean, exactly. come on, all the dreams, man. I'll tell you, I'd never seen Die Hard. And everyone said it was oh a Christmas gosh. movie and I oh just gosh. watched it last night. Oh, good. I just watched it. <laughs> it, is, it is truly a Christmas movie. You need to watch it I've every year. I've been kicked off to the show three times now, haven't I? <laughs> <laughs> I have, I have, I, I, we start our, my kids hate, well, my daughter hates it, but we always start uh, Christmas movies with Die Hard. Oh, that's the first one. Absolutely. So, and Gremlins. Yeah. And Gremlins. Hey, Gremlins, I'm like, I got to watch that one too. Okay, so second one, favorite Bible verse? It's an easy one, but just Romans 8 14, as many as are led by the Spirit of God or the sons of God. Because mm. really, Genesis is where we lost our presence with God. And so right. the whole goal, we need a cross. We preach Christ and Christ crucified. We need yeah. the blood. We need a savior. But the goal was to redeem us, to have union with him again. Yeah. And that's through the power of the Holy Spirit. So, And then also he, he continues fellowship and leading us. And when Jesus left, he says, I go to a fair place, but I'm sending another. I'll never leave you, forsake you. That's the that's Holy awesome. Spirit. So Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. Okay. If you could be a character in a movie, who would it be and why? You know, it would have been Bruce Lee my whole life just because Ooh. he's the best. You know what I mean? Oh, and, yeah. And, I, and I, I don't know. If you go on YouTube right now and you look at these recent interviews of Dan and Asanto and people, they actually say Bruce, when he would spar with people, was like a Joe Frazier and a Roberto Duran. And they said, look, he would, he would literally – he was a fighter. He was an angry man and that. So I'm not trying to glorify that, you know, in the face. Right, yeah, yeah, right, yeah. right. But I would have said that, but right now I would – Probably say the Mandalorian or Boba Fett. <laughs> I love you seen the Boba Fett trailer, but it's I, pretty. You're crazy. back on the show. Yeah, no, you're back on. Yeah. This is the way. This is I the mean, way. They, I wasn't a big Star Wars guy, but what they did with the westerns and yes, this vision, and, and now the new trailer. You know, I yeah, Boba, Boba Fett, Fett looks awesome. Yeah, yeah, so so good. The, the book Fett. of Boba Fett. Yeah. yeah, no, that's awesome. That's awesome. Oh, okay. So, what <laughs> toppings would you put on your worst enemy's pizza? Man, just just olives. California barbecue. Like, what? Don't like. I don't like olives. Just olives. That's uh, it. Like black just, or green, no, or does well, it I matter? That's mine. I guess I would put like a cactus or something. Yeah. Okay. Nice. <laughs> nice. Like, I like extreme that. Extreme pain. Okay. I understand <laughs> that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel that. I feel good. that. That's pretty Maybe good. Boba that's Boba Fett would do that. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Boba Fett would do that. <laughs> Absolutely. For the sarlacc or whatever it is when he was down there, yeah. he probably had he a lot of time to think about. Wow. No, I just I saw the preview too, and so well, I am a big <laughs> Star Wars fan. But I mean, I saw the preview and I was like, "That's pretty awesome." Absolutely. Okay, so if you had to pick one color, your shirts could be forever. What would it be? Well, I've picked it, and it's not a color, and it's black. Yeah. And my closet's right here, and it's like it's these all black. Nine dollar Target shirts, or I get these twelve dollar ones from Uniqlo, and it's easy. Yeah. 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 You know, just it's, black. It's skating. It's what I wore because it it just looked a bit more like slick, and I'm just yeah. That's the and dude, I'm I'm six foot and like I said, two twenty five, two thirty. So like black helps. No, I mean, yeah, don't worry, black's no. my favorite color too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Black yeah. covers a multitude of sin right yes, there, it man. Does. It does, yeah. it does, it does. Lots of barbecue so and donuts. Absolutely, yeah. Brian. We have got to get you back on here. Yeah. Absolutely, um, we will have you on again because, I man, I think you got you are a wealth of information. And we didn't even talk about Liverpool. We didn't talk about all that stuff. And so we definitely got to get I, on again. I do want to know, if you're a kid of the 80s, I, I, I have to know, outside of Meet is Murder, what's your favorite Smith song? You know what? If I had my guitar, this charming man is one of the best riffs ever. Yeah! Wow. Yeah, it just is. You know, I can play it on guitar crazily, kind of. And, but 
but there's so many songs like i've been listening to him covering at redondo beach recently and then really? he even did some yeah he does a lot wow. of stuff but that i mean ask do you know what i'll say is crazy i'd never listen to t-rex mark bolin right and if you listen to mark bolin i'll send you guys the links after do it you do listen it listen to metal guru so listen to metal guru by mark bolin yeah okay. and then play panic Yes. And Morrissey said to Johnny Marr, we need to make this song. It's exactly the same. Huh. And then there's a Morrissey song that rips off Mark Bolin, and, Mar and Morrissey sings about Mark Bolin in all the songs. That was his wow. idea. He rejected him. That's kind of cool. those songs, how I, but to me, I, I mean, Morrissey, I knew, yeah. See, you're a man oh, after my own heart right it's there. It's going to mess with you. It's House, be, yeah, absolutely. That's all cool. That's cool. We got to check that I mean, out. still ill. All of those songs, though, I love yeah. them all. Fantastic. So good. Yeah. Now, you Brian, asked, though, real quick, you asked real quick, but I'm at Branches Church in Huntington if they need to know. Yeah, but I'm yeah. volunteer staff. I just preach. I raise full time support. I travel. That's it. So, yeah. <laughs> Sounds good, dude. Yeah. Well, hey, well, and I know that you can check him out at Brian Sumner, S U M N E R dot com, right? Next. Okay, good. Oh, check him out. You can go and support his ministry. Uh, he is a blessing to us. And, Brian, thank you so much for everything, man. I'm so glad to have you on here today. Absolutely. Um, dude, we are grateful for you. Any final words from you, brother? You know, guys, just, just get a hold of the word and live as though Jesus is coming back in seven days because at mm. some time he will be. And yeah. ask yourself who in your life needs to hear the gospel. We've gotten so far away from what the call is, filling seats rather than feeding the sheep. But Jesus is a rabbi who raised up 12. He had his three, and we were to go and do likewise. Right. And people in your life yeah. today who don't know him, you're the chosen generation, the royal priesthood, those who are holy. You carry the anointing of God, and the word needs to go out in love with compassion. I didn't hear about it until I was 24. So go and proclaim the truth, because if you're sitting back waiting for a rapture or the end times, the gospel has to go out first, then the end will come. Yep. Yeah. And amen, amen, amen. What if a vaccine could go around the world before a gospel? What would that say about us? I like to think that, wow, Lord, we have the power from heaven. Let's reach it all. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> Love it, man. Thank amen, you. amen, amen. Let it be. Let Thank it you be. so much, guys. Check him out. Go, go support his ministry. Brian, you are a blessing, brother. It is great seeing you again. Absolutely. You guys, yep. We and, will talk uh, soon. Absolutely. And as always, uh, check us out on uh, Known Legacy uh, Facebook, Instagram. And uh, if you have any questions, comments, info at knownlegacy.org. You can always uh, book us for uh, date nights if you have anything coming up soon. Yeah. Uh, man, it's a great conversation. Uh, Merry Christmas to you guys. God bless you all. And uh, we'll see you soon. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Known Legacy Podcast. We'd love to hear from you. So email us your questions or comments to info at knownlegacy.org. Brian, you still there?